For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and as I like to remind you each each and every week, I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks, and my company, Taylor Hard Money Advisors, is in partnership with Chen Lin, who publishes What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? And uh, with regard to Chen's letter, you do need to put your name on a waiting list, and at the start of the new year, uh, Chen will be accepting new subscribers. I should mention that probably the best place to go for everything that I do uh, is Jay Taylor Media. That's jaytaylormedia.com. You can access the uh, miningstocks.com newsletter, which is more directly linked to my newsletter and to Chen, uh, what Chen does as well. But uh, to access this radio show and everything else I do, jaytaylormedia.com. And you can subscribe to our newsletters uh, going through Jay Taylor Media to miningstocks.com. I um, want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. Our sponsors for today's show are Nanostruck Technologies, Paramount Gold and Silver Corp., Columbus Gold, and Golden Arrow Resources. Well, certainly we are having a very rough time in the mining sector. That's an understatement. Uh, we've had now basically a two-year bear market in the gold sector. Even as the uh, general equity market has been making new highs, the gold share markets have really uh, gotten hit very, very hard. And there's some reasons for that. If I have time today, I'll discuss that. I certainly do discuss the dynamics for this in my uh, in my newsletter on a regular basis. Um, I should mention, though, that uh, the one company that is a sponsor of this show that isn't in the mining business is Nanostruck Technologies. Uh, and while I am a gold bug, I, I don't apologize for that at all, I must admit at the same time that next to air, water is without a doubt the most important commodity on the face of the earth. And uh, Nanostruck Technologies is a company that is very much involved in uh, in providing cleaning dirty water, making it potable and making it usable. And uh, if this company can do what it claims it can do, 
uh, then I think it's going to be one huge winner. The stock is selling at about 15 cents right now uh, with about 78 million shares, giving it a market cap of $12 million. This is a, a company that's been a sponsor now for our show, uh, on our show now uh, in the second, well, the second season. They are a sponsor now with us. They've been a disappointment to me so far because uh, well, there have been some management issues and they've, uh, I think, have, have cleared the air and have gotten things straightened around on the management side. And so now we're starting to see some interesting news coming out uh, in terms of rebranding the product and in terms of their sales to South Africa. But uh, they have had, reportedly, have had some very good results in terms of cleaning water in Mexico. I'm expecting that we should start to see uh, some good news from coming from this company, and hopefully we'll have somebody on the show sometime soon to talk about it. But they uh, they use nanotechnology to uh, to clean water and uh, seemingly do it very efficiently. But, of course, the proof will be in the pudding, as they say. The company starts to produce a profit. They are a public company, they're, and they're starting to make some press releases now. There's some news coming out. They just uh, rebranded their water purification technology solution that utilizes its uh, its technology to treat wastewater. They've called that product now NanoPure, and it's a custom-designed filter that uh, clears water from sanitation systems is called uh, NanoClear. And it's proprietary technology to retrieve precious metals like gold and silver and platinum from mine tailings, which they've been working on in South Africa. Well, they're calling that product NanoMet. The uh, capacity of each NanoPure plant—that's the uh, the—that's um, the technology that's used to clean uh, wastewater—can uh, can range from a half a liter to 400 liters per second. So, uh, and the model numbers will essentially tell you what the capacity is. For example, an NP10 will clean 10 liters of water per second. An NP15 will clean 15 liters of water per second. Well, all of that is talk, of course, until the company starts to produce. If they produce, it's hard for me to see how this 15 cent stock uh, will stay at that level if they produce and can produce at a profit. We've seen many promising companies, lots of stories come out of Vancouver, come out of the, uh, out of the, uh, small cap penny stock markets and very few of them succeed. Uh, but when they do, they can make people very wealthy. And I'm not saying by any means that I'm predicting that. I have not purchased shares, uh, I have not recommended this stock, I should say. I do, I do own some shares of Nanostruck technologies that I purchased some time ago. I have not recommended it yet to my newsletter because I want to make sure that I, that I understand for sure what's going on there. Uh, and uh, I'm feeling better about it than I was. I, I think there's a good chance that this could be a huge winner. So Nanostruck Technologies traded on the Canadian exchange under the symbol NSK, and you can buy it in the United States under the symbol NSKTF. Uh, some of our other uh, sponsors to this show, I have a little better sense and understand their businesses better. Paramount Gold and Silver Corp. No mystery here. Two major deposits, one in Mexico and one in the United States, with uh, gold-equivalent resources of just under 10 million ounces. And those numbers will probably grow very dramatically in the not-too-distant future. We had uh, Chris Krupe, the company's president, on to talk with us a couple of weeks back. And uh, this is certainly one of my favorites. And again, this stock is getting clobbered like every, like all the other gold uh, share stocks, uh, down to $1.25, 155 million shares outstanding. But with deep pockets 
behind this company and a couple of world-class deposits, uh, it's hard for me to see a lot of downside from here. Likewise with Columbus Gold, it's a company selling at only 29 cents, but what really uh, looks good with this company that has a multi-million ounce gold deposit in French Guiana is that they've recently uh, hooked up with a company called Norgold, which is a very huge, aggressive, rapidly growing uh, major gold mining company from Russia, basically a Russian company that is uh, owned largely by a major billionaire, Russian billionaire who made his fortune in the iron ore business. But Norgold now has a 50% arrangement, but on very, I think, very favorable terms for Columbus Gold. And uh, the confidence now that Columbus Gold will be able to turn its multi-million ounce deposit into something real, in my view, has uh, has grown very dramatically. Um, I should uh, mention here, I just have to pay some attention to what I'm doing here in the office, uh, in the studio, um, and talking to my engineer, so I'm sure I don't run out of time. I tend to have the gift of gab and run on too, too, uh, too much with things. Golden Arrow, the other, uh, the other uh, company that's a sponsor, uh, has uh, just under 100 million ounces of silver equivalent from its Argentinian project with massive upside potential. Of course, there, I guess, the one issue that's probably holding this stock back, it's trading at 19.5 cents today, the one issue that's holding it back probably is the uh, somewhat uncertain political situation in Argentina right now with respect to uh, the resource sector. But uh, overall, with only 42 million shares of stock outstanding at 19 cents, I think the upside for all of these companies is very, very significant. So I'm proud to have them as sponsors to this show, um, and uh, I hope to be telling you more about them in the not-too-distant future. We... Um, Want to encourage you to continue sending on your emails and your uh, your comments about this show. We have a couple here uh, from today. One uh, that came in uh, from an in- individual that lives in Germany. His name is Malik. Uh, he says that money needs to be tied to gold is as much a belief as the opposite or anything else. I believe, and therefore, it's psychological. He says, imagine this: since money is no longer tied to gold standard, it is tied to something else. Uh, in the most positive scenario, it would be tied to the word of honest people. In the worst case, it is tied to the word of those who hold the guns and therefore the power. Um, what if we have already moved into a totally new era where money will be tied to psychic, spiritual, i.e. non-material values instead of material values, for better or worse? The Fed can print forever, who is going to stop them? They hold the guns. And that's, again, from a listener named Malik from Germany. Well, certainly the Fed uh, and the uh, military-industrial complex holds the guns. There's no question. That's one of the things we talk about on this show frequently. It's a concern to us, no doubt about it. Uh, but I would say that as long as we live in the material world, we're going to have to rely on material uh, items and um, you know I think there's a de- very definitely a spiritual element to our to our lives I think that's very very important I think it's one of the things that's tearing us down but at the same time we also have to clothe ourselves and feed ourselves and take care of the material needs of this world I think that the uh, words of Aristotle many uh, centuries ago explained why gold is money gold he said gold has durability that's why we don't use wheat gold is divisible that's why we don't use diamonds gold is convenient that's why we don't use lead. Gold is consistent. That's why we don't use real estate. Gold has intrinsic value. 
That's why we don't, or at least shouldn't, use paper. And I would take that one step further and say we shouldn't use digital money. Well, we are using digital money. And as long as people want to believe in the spiritual and not hold Ben Bernanke uh, responsible for his lying and cheating and robbing the people of their value uh, through the creation of money out of nothing, then um, then I guess it's going to continue. But I would say to my friend Malik uh, that maybe what he should do is start to think about the material world and not try to escape into the spiritual world as long as we are still alive on this earth because we certainly do have to deal with the with the material world. Um, I would also uh, like another uh, another letter that came to me, another email that came to me, uh, is from Richard Honeywell, and I met him, uh, in fact, in Boston. He says, Dear Jay, I am the man who came to the October Junto meeting from Boston. I can, uh, it was a great pleasure to meet you, meet with you. You are one of my heroes. My question is, during your October 1st radio program, you stated that you were uh, an agnostic with regards to the inflation-deflation debate. Yet during our conversation at the October Junto meeting, you declared yourself to be in the deflationary camp. I'm wondering what occurred in the space of just a few days to change your mind on that issue. Uh, Thanking you in advance, uh, Richard uh, Honeywell. Well, Richard, I want to thank you very much for your very kind remarks. I would say that I do remain very much predominantly in the deflation camp. However, I do want to keep an open mind with regard to this. I think we have a very unstable monetary system right now, and I think uh, words of, uh, from people like Alistair McLeod and, and John Williams, who've been on this show, are certainly worth listening to. Alistair talked about, uh, as he, if you've heard his talk, uh, he talked. He said, think Iceland. In the fact, uh, overnight, Iceland's currency went, uh, lost 50% of its value vis-a-vis other currencies, and that's just simply because people realized there was nothing behind the currency. There was no tangible value. Getting back to Malik's uh, view that we don't really have to have any tangible value. When people lose confidence in their currency, it can go very, very rapidly because there is nothing behind today's currencies. Uh, and I would also say that the military-industrial complex and the military uh, strength of the United States is also one of the major items that is holding up the U.S. dollar. If the U.S. military empire collapses, then I think uh, all bets are off with respect to what the value of the dollar is. And if the dollar goes to zero, uh, then we would we could see hyperinflation in a very short period of time. I think that's the worst of all worlds if that happens. But it's certainly the thesis upon which John Williams uh, is betting on hyperinflation. John believes that the dollar is inevitably headed towards zero relative to other currencies and relative to a lot of other things. Well, anyway, that is food for thought and would uh, always encourage you to send in your thoughts and your questions, your comments to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. My engineer is telling me we only have about a minute or so in this segment, so let me get on to tell you just briefly what today's show is going to be about. Todd Wood, uh, Dr. Murray Susser, and Daniel McAdams, and Jonathan Moore returned turn. Um, at the start of the second hour today, Todd, uh, Todd uh, Wood will talk about the energy required to heat our homes and fuel our cars and so on and so forth, that kind of energy. But in the second half of today's uh, show, Dr. Sesser will talk about an energizing diet for good health. And when it comes to both energy needs, is the government on our side? That's a question that we want to keep in mind for both guests. Uh, I expect both of our main guests will have something certainly to say about that, about their view on government. Is it is it making things worse or 
we're better in terms of our physical energy needs as far as our uh, transportation and, and heating and air conditioning energy needs. Um, so we're going to be talking to, uh, I think, uh, to Todd um, about his latest book called Sugar. And uh, we had Todd on recently to talk about Currency, which was a very exciting book and uh, had a lot of repercussions, uh, a lot of uh, implications for the, uh, for the stock market, the bond market, and so forth. Today we'll probably talk more to him about the uh, oil and gas markets and fracking and that sort of thing. Also, though, we want to hear what he has to say and what he's predicting about the bond markets, the equity markets, and gold and so forth. Um, we're going to also then be talking to Dr. Susser, as I mentioned, and he will be here at about halfway through the first hour. Uh, and I am going to be speaking now in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be going to uh, San Francisco to speak at the Metals and Minerals Investment Conference uh, there. That's on November 25th and 26th. And uh, so I'm going to be talking. We're going to go to a commercial breakdown when I come back. Uh, Jonathan Moore, he's the CEO that is behind that show. And we're going to talk to him about some of the exciting speakers that he has coming up there really a lot of really great speakers that are going to be attending this show and i hope that you'll listen to what jonathan has to say i hope you'll join me at that show as well uh those of you who can make it to san francisco on the 25th and 26th uh of this month well we do have to go to commercial break and when we come back uh i'll be uh we'll be chatting with jonathan moore so don't go away Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in gold and silver exploration. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questions4taylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again Jonathan Moore. Uh, he heads up uh, the conference that I'm going to be attending, I just mentioned uh, to you, uh, in San Francisco, coming up very shortly on the 25th and 26th of, uh, uh, of this month. Um, Jonathan's firm uh, organizes the Metals and Mineral um, 
Conference, as well as for the Metals and Mineral Investment Conferences, formerly uh, previously known as the Hard Asset Conferences, uh, renamed to Metals and Mineral Investment Conferences. That's an investment trade show uh, that I uh, attend very often, uh, almost always. I'm a speaker there these days. I used to go there even when I worked as a banker. I went there. I would sneak away from my banking job in New York City, at least, to go to the one in New York and, and try to catch up with the companies that were there because I was very interested in the mining sector. Um, the shows are held, as I say, in New York. Uh, they have also in San Francisco, also held uh, in Africa, um, in Daba, and uh, in Cape Town. Uh, so in South Africa, so it's a it's a company that's been around for a while. It's done a lot of great things. Uh, also, should mention in Singapore, I believe as well. Uh, the company covers uh, micro cap, mid cap, and even a few large cap companies uh, from time to time as well. And it does provide a great opportunity to meet up with companies and uh, also to meet up and to listen to some fabulous speakers. And uh, I want to ask Jonathan a little bit about who he has coming on uh, to San Francisco. Uh, quite a quite a cast of, of very impressive people who have a lot of I think very valuable things to say. So, really good to have you back. Thank you, uh, Jonathan. Welcome for welcome to turning hard times into good times again. Good to have you back. Great to be here, Jay. Always a pleasure, and thanks so much for that wonderful introduction. You have uh, you really have some outstanding speakers. I, I may as well start there by asking you who are who are your some of your keynote speakers uh, yeah, in San Francisco. It's a lineup that we're, uh, we're, we're very, very proud of, and it, uh, it starts off with Dr. Ron Paul, who uh, I'm sure your uh, audience is uh, very familiar with, and uh, a great combination of someone who has insights that, uh, that certainly go beyond the scope of the minerals market, but is also an avid investor in, in the sector as well. So delighted to have him. Uh, Jim Dines, uh, who I'm sure everyone knows, Rick Rule uh, from Sprott. Um, we also have Bud Conrad from Casey Reed. Research. So, uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, the top names in, in our sector certainly uh, gracing our stage. And uh, as you noted earlier, you'll be back again this year as one of our speakers, and have been uh, gracious enough to uh, to help us out with your participation here for a number of years in a row. So we're 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 very pleased with the lineup, and uh, I think anybody that attends the show is going to be treated to some, some exceptional content this year. I I agree with you, and uh, you know I hope that I can get away from. Um, uh, from from the companies long enough so I can listen to some of these speakers for sure. Uh, I might just mention some of the other names besides the keynote speakers that I that I know. Uh, people, many of them, many of the keynote speakers, with the exception of James Dines, have been on this show. But Adrian Day is going to be there. Uh, he's been on this show. Uh, uh, Mickey Falp. Uh, Jeb Handwager, Handwerger, Verger will be there. Uh, Frank Holmes is a keynote speaker as well, and he's been on this show. John Kaiser, a, a stock picker that I have a very high regard for. My friend Al Corlin will be there. Uh, Ian McAvity, uh, just really a brilliant uh, chartist and uh, I've been around for a long time, will be there. Uh, I see Bill Murphy, my friend, is going to be there. Uh, as you mentioned, Dr. Ron Paul, Rick Rule. Uh, yeah, it's fabulous. Peter Spina, lots of really uh, interesting people, and of course, there's a lot more that I didn't name. And the website where people can go to, uh, tell our listeners where they can go to learn more about the show. Sure. Uh, MetalsAndMineralsEvents.com is the website, and on that you'll find information on both the New York and San Francisco shows. Uh, there's a, a link right from the homepage to, to link to both. And yeah, we're like I said, we're we're very pleased with the quality of the content this year. I mean, the, the event, as you had mentioned, has been around for uh, 20 plus years, and so we've we've uh, got a great track record with some of the true thought leaders and visionaries in this marketplace. 
Um, and I think right now, given the complexities of our market and what's happening, um, investors more than ever uh, need to hear from those types of individuals to be appropriately guided with respect to their portfolios and how best to manage through these difficult times. I couldn't agree with you more, and I also believe that uh, it's at times like these when the best opportunities are there. If I, you know, go, going back and talking to people that have really been successful in the markets over the years, they're the people that uh, that are contrarians, and uh, one that certainly has been brilliant uh, and has made a lot of money and has been very, very successful, without any doubt, is is Rick Rule. And uh, I think if I think uh, the price of the uh, of the airfare uh, and the hotel ticket alone to hear Rick Rule. Uh, is, uh, is is quite obvious for those that stop and listen. But, you know, James Dines, uh, others as well, Bud Conrad, a lot of people that uh, have a lot of very valuable things. But it's exactly at these kind of times. Now, when I have the sponsors of this show that are selling for pennies that have, you know, in one case, one company has a hundred, little under 100 million ounces of silver equivalent with lots of upside potential. Uh, and the stock is selling at 29 cents, uh, with very few shares outstanding. Uh, another one, um, you know, another one that I've got on my show, uh, as a sponsor, uh, is a little under 10 million ounces of gold equivalent ounces selling at, at, at just pennies. And these are the examples, and when this market finally turns around, and I believe it will, uh, there, there is going to be a lot of money made, and, you know, I've had Rick Rule on this show, and Rick has talked about how, uh, he reminded me, in fact, Jonathan, that it was in the 1970s when gold had made had gone from 100 to 200 fell uh, had gone from 35 to 200 that fell back to 100 before it went to 850 dollars and you know we haven't we we're just I think seeing a similar kind of a pullback in the price of gold and if we get anything like that on the upside there's going to be just you know people are going to say this is one of those shoulda woulda coulda moments that they missed I think yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the long-term fundamentals that are driving our marketplace, um, the story remains very, very bullish. Um, our our market's obviously a cyclical one, and we're in, in, in a cyclical cycle here. However, if you look at the physical demand for gold and what tra- continues to transpire uh, on that front, that supports a, a long-term um, price increase. And then I think if you look at what's happening in the broader context of the world, um, resource nationalism, things along those lines, that still tells the story that this market is primed for something very, very exciting. I think you hit on a couple of things that, that, are, that are particularly interesting as it relates to this event. Um, you know, you mentioned the cost of, of airfare and hotel being worth, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 sorry, somebody like Rick Rule being worth the, the cost of airfare and hotel. I think it's important to point out that one of the costs that the attendees don't have to bear is actually paying for the event. The event is free sure. to, to investors to attend. And so, you know, you name the names that we have at this event and you have the opportunity to come and hear those individuals on a gratis basis. I think that's one of the things that makes this event so compelling. I think the other thing right now is if you look at what's happening within the marketplace and you look at this event and, and, and the way it's structured, what you end up with is a group of companies that are going to be presenting that all represent two things. One, fairly sound balance sheets. Obviously, in this type of an environment, anyone who has the capabilities to participate in an event as a sponsoring company and come and tell their story to investors obviously has to be in a fairly strong financial position. And then two, um, strong management. And I think when you look at the companies that are going to um, benefit from a turnaround the soonest, those are the two core things that I think most uh, advisors are suggesting are going to be the two catalysts that drive success in this in this market. And so we've got uh, a great group of those here, 
uh, sprinkled with, again, some of the, the industry's true thought leaders. And so I think as you look at your portfolio in this type of a marketplace, now is the time for savvy investors to place some bets um, that really have the opportunity to pay off in a, in a very significant way. You mentioned our good friend Rick Rule, um, and certainly he's a firm believer in this. I think one of the things that he was recently quoted in saying uh, is having, you know, you, you, you've lived through the pain, you might as well stick around for the gain. And I think <laughs> that's kind of the inflection point that we're at right now at the marketplace. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of people, at some point in time, they take as much pain as they can, and then they exit just about the wrong time. I would say that, uh, yeah, what you're talking about, Jonathan, then the companies that are there in a, in a down cycle like this are really the survival of the fittest. They're companies that have good management that can still stay in business one way or another, uh, and their balance sheets, as you say, are going to be are going to be clean. Uh, those that uh, that are that are sucking wind, so to speak, are not there. And so uh, I, I think it's another point I would make about a show like yours is it's free, absolutely, uh, but you don't have to uh, pay any attention to the, to the companies that are there if you don't. I mean, you can pay as much attention or as little as you like. Of course, uh, the companies that are there are hoping that you'll stop by and try to learn something about them. And the other thing I would say that I like about a down market, and there's not much I do like about it, Jonathan, but one of the things I like about it from a consumer's point of view when I go to these shows is I don't have quite as many booths to ferret out. I mean, it's just a lot of work because there's lots of companies. Uh, how many do you expect to have? How many, how many exhibitors do you expect to have this year? Or this, we'll the, for San Francisco? Yeah, we'll have between 50 and 60, which is obviously significantly lower than what we've had in some of our events in the past. I think the interesting thing about it is the 50 or 60 that are there all represent good value. I mean, you mentioned yeah. earlier about companies that are trading, you know, pennies on, on, on the amount of, uh, uh, extraction that they have. And I think that, that, that these, that, that represents a lot of the companies that we have here. I mean, we're looking at our list and it's, you know, it's Rangold and Hecla and Miranda Gold and Exeter and Nova Gold. And these are, these are some of the, the, the more well-heeled uh, groups that are that are in this space, and one of the things that makes this event unique is that you know investors that want to come and find out what's happening with them have the opportunity to sit right down and talk with the CEOs of those companies and get firsthand uh, insights into what's happening with them and 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 what what they have um, transpiring with some of their major projects and try to figure out okay well how does that then translate into where I see the market going and ultimately how it impacts you know what I do with my investment dollars in my portfolio. Right. You know, I, it's a, I think it's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, of course, if the people that have saved some, uh, some cash and have some, uh, some ability, some firepower out there, this is, I, I think, a very exciting time. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. Markets come and go, and they're up and down, and this is a down market for our sector. But I think it, it, it really – you mentioned a moment ago about uh, the physical demand for gold, and uh, I know Bill Murphy for sure uh, will probably be talking about uh, the paper markets and how they are distorting the physical markets. But I think you make a very good point with China uh, you know, demanding gold from, uh, from the West and, and importing it and fast amounts. So uh, I think we've uh, I think we're very close to a turnaround. I might mention that Charles Nanner who is uh, his uh, spokesperson is on this show believes that we're very close to a bottom and Charles called the top at $1900. So if he's right, uh, then I think we're very close to uh, to a turn. Jonathan, just tell our listeners where the show is being held in San Francisco and uh, what about hotel accommodations? 
It is at the Marriott uh, Marquis in uh, in San Francisco. Beautiful facility. Uh, there's still accommodations available at the at the hotel. Uh, there's also other a uh, number of other hotels right nearby. The dates are November 25th uh, and 26th uh, again in San Francisco. And for your listeners, Jay, who haven't had the opportunity or the pleasure to see you in the live event format, I can tell you all that uh, that Jay does an absolutely fantastic job. A good portion of the reason we continue to invite him back uh, an absolutely fantastic job on the stage and, and really brings a, a great deal of uh, positive knowledge and, and dialogue and one of the things Jay that you'll be doing at, at this year's event that we should tell uh, your audience about is participating in our annual Bulls and Bears panel Yes. And so yes. this is a uh, kind of one of the highlights of the event uh, culmination of the program so to speak and it's led, by our, led by our good friend Rick Rule as the moderator but it also features our friend Al Corlin uh, Adrian Day, Jim Dines, yourself uh, all in a, uh, a little bit of a, a tit-for-tat, so to speak, on, on where the market's headed and what's likely to happen next. And I, I think for my money, it's one of the, uh, the highlights of the event and something that I look forward to hearing every year. And I think your audience would get a great charge out of it if they were able to come down and t- check that out. Oh, I agree with you. I think that's, that is a highlight, and not, not because I'm on it necessarily, but there's lots of great minds and thinkers out there. So uh, once more, our, our listener, for the benefit of our listeners, the website again? Sure. It's they- www.metalsandmineralsevents.com. Metalsandmineralsevents.com. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jonathan, for being with me again. I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, and uh, uh, best best wishes to you and and to uh, the conference. It should be a lot of fun, and I think should be very profitable as well. Thank you, Jerry. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. See you then. Well, folks, don't go away. Uh, I'm going to be right back here after the commercial break with Dr. Murray Susser. We've had him a couple of weeks back and really a re- very refreshing uh, view of, of medicine and good health from Dr. Murray Susser, who thinks outside the box, is not really constrained within the establishment's medical, the established medical uh, profession, uh, and uh, really a truth seeker. So we're very pleased to... Uh, uh, to have him back. So we're going to go to a commercial break and Dr. Murray Susser will join me as soon as we come back. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening.
listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me again Dr. Murray Susser. Dr. Susser uh, blends traditional and alternative medicine for dealing with uh, and treating chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, mixed infection syndrome, clinical nutrition, uh, anti-addiction therapies, uh, intravenous therapies and prevention and so forth. And one of the things that I, that I really have appreciated about Dr. Susser and I, I came to realize when we spoke to him a, a few weeks back was that he is not really a, a conventional doctor that's locked inside the medical establishment, that he is really a truth seeker and he has used, uh, well, he uses modern technology that's available to the medical profession, but he also looks at ancient uh, remedies and so forth. Really, looking for truth and and sometimes uh, truth conflicts with uh, the short-term profit uh, of of uh, some concerns that are involved in the industry perhaps I think it's not just not just unique to the medical industry it's unique to practically all industries a lot of industries try to get government to help them uh, pass laws that uh, that get rid of competition sometimes and uh, so that probably happens in in this industry but there are some uh, some medical doctors who uh, who really don't want to go along with that scheme I remember I had an eye doctor a few years back um, who who wasn't taking insurance uh, policy uh, insurance patients with insurance anymore because the insurance companies were not allowing him to practice medicine as he as he felt he needed to so i I really have a very uh, a strong admiration for people like that and uh, dr susser uh, I believe very much is uh, is like that so welcome back dr susser to oh, turning thanks. hard times and good times well thank you Jay so thanks for the great introduction <laughs> and thanks and, and thanks for having me back because I really enjoy working with you. Well, I enjoyed having you. You know, I was uh, sometimes I do listen to my shows uh, afterwards. I, I download them from the iStore, and I was actually in Portugal walking around my my wife's beautiful town of Cascais and on the ocean front there, and and I was listening to our show, and I thought, geez, that was pretty good. I really enjoyed listening to Doctor Susser. So I said, I'm gonna definitely well, have him back. And and I think though that it, it really is what what I believe is that that you are a, a doctor who looks for. Uh, for truth, and and I'm sure you know you need to take care of yourself, feed your family, and all that sort of thing. But I know that uh, that isn't necessarily the main driver for some people, and I happen to think that you're probably one of those one of those physicians that that believes um, that that the dollar isn't the only thing that matters. Uh, there's lots of schemes I turned down that I could have made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but, but they weren't ethical. And, right. And uh, so so my my feeling is that uh, that if you're ethical. You'll do the right thing, and you'll make a living. And and uh, and, and I I've, I've been uh, very very uh, excited by talking to people. You know, some of the talk show hosts like have similar philosophies to you, but uh, mm-hmm. yours is very is a very good philosophy, and it has to do with the healthy skepticism. Yeah, uh, that you you said you're skeptical of. Of, uh, of of many of the things you hear on on cable and on television, and and my feeling is that skepticism is a very high state of consciousness. The opposite of that is cynicism, which mm-hmm. is dismissing things out of hand, 
mm-hmm. and 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 that to me is a very low state of consciousness. And so, most of the in the, in the box philosophy is based on cynicism, mm-hmm. whereas whereas the out of the box philosophy is based on skepticism. So I'm skeptical of everything I do, mm-hmm. and and uh, and it pays off because because then I keep I keep exploring until I find something to, is something that is valuable. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So that, you know, I mean, uh, I, I'm used. To, I, I think you have to be skeptical if you if you're really thinking, and maybe you're just an automatic pilot, and so a lot of people don't think, and they just trust the government, they trust whatever authorities tell them without without questioning it. And I think that's that's very dangerous. But on the other hand, if as you say, if you're cynical, uh, then you're never going to you, you never see any upside or any chance to get better. Everything is just is just in a well, down state. Well, well you, you know, I can t- you know, I've treated thousands of patients, over probably over 30,000 patients in 40 years. And and uh, and sometimes the results are flat miraculous when compared to conventional approach. And mm-hmm. so so I have a patient who uh, just pick one out of a hat who who had like three heart attacks and was going back to see his cardiologist uh uh, every six months and flunking the treadmill test every six months for several years and uh, and they had no treatment that was doing any good for him and I chelated him intravenous mm-hmm. chelation therapy to um, and and uh, that's to remove toxic metals from the body and uh, it also seems to have a very beneficial effect on vascular disease like the heart and in fact there was a study now done by the NIH the International Institutes of Health 31 million dollar study with 1700 patients which showed a, a dramatic improvement in heart disease uh, with, uh, with chelation therapy. That's intravenous EDTA. And what happened is I chelated this one patient who had had all these heart attacks and was going to this cardiologist, and, and, uh, and he, went, and he, he never, never got any better. I chelated him. I gave him 30 treatments, intravenous treatments, uh, two a week for about uh, 15 weeks. He went back to his cardiologist and he passed the treadmill test with flying colors. The cardiologist <laughs> said, "Well, my treatment is finally starting to work." And the patient <laughs> said, "Well, you know, I seen this guy Susser, and he gave me these thirty chelation treatments." The cardiologist slapped the desk, said, "That's not it." Oh. <laughs> so talk about cynicism. Yeah. And and, well, that, that's, and, and, and and you know, for me, if somebody comes back with a, mir- a miraculous result, I want to know what it was so, so I can learn to do it. Right. Well, um, maybe there's a reason he didn't want to learn to do it. So uh, it, that's, you know, I think I might have mentioned to you that, uh, and I almost have to ask you if your patient's name was Richard Russell. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's not, but Richard Russell is this very famous newsletter writer. He's now... Um, I believe by, he's, by the way, I wouldn't give my patient's name. You couldn't name a patient's name, of course not. But 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 interestingly enough, Richard Russell, a newsletter writer, has talked about this very thing, and at a fairly early age in life, and maybe in his forties, he had very severe coronary problems, and uh, and then he started, you know, doing chelation, and he still would periodically go on chelation throughout his life to, uh, and uh, and you know, and he's going strong at it at age uh, at age eighty. So it's. Yeah. Um, this is very incredible, but but again, I mean, the fact that that doctor didn't want to listen uh, to what his patient had to say—that's uh, that's disheartening in a way. But um, well, you know, they, they have they have two uh, uh, two resorts. The last resort of a scoundrel. One resort is to is to call it spontaneous remission. Mm-hmm. It got better on its own. Nothing yeah. we knew he did had anything to do with it. And, uh-huh. the, other, and the other is oh, well, it must have been psychiatric. 
must yeah. have, must have been a psychosomatic, and yeah. and you finally got through that craziness. Yeah. And, and 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 both of those are to me the last refuge of a scoundrel. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're so they can't for some reason they can't bring themselves to believe they don't know it all. I guess perhaps. Well, there's, 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 the reasons are actually pretty obvious if you think about it. If, if, if they've been condemning chelation for 35 years and trying to get it uh, outlawed, and now suddenly a government study which they cannot deny is is valid <coughs> it, uh, it comes along, and what are they going to turn around and say, oh, for these last 30 years I've been wrong. How many people will do that, especially, <laughs> especially when, when the stakes are as high as they are? Yeah, what happens to all those people that are still getting a good living on the basis of of their reputation that goes down the down the toilet? But it's it's very interesting because uh, uh, you know thirty one million dollar study, seventeen hundred patients. You said, and I asked you the last time we talked. Well, if that was that a government study, was it? Uh, well, it was sponsored by NIH, National Institutes of Health. Yeah, and, and so, it was a, but it was a multi center study that a lot of doctors' offices was had that did chelation. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in enrolled patients under very strict uh, control. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a strictly controlled study. <clears throat> it was it was an excellent it was excellent in that result. It, it it could have been a better study and could have had better parameters and better t- things to check. But 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 what happened is it had seventeen percent decrease in cardiac events in in uh, patients who got forty chelations instead of mm-hmm. placebo. And mm-hmm. and better than that, even much better than that, the diabetic subsection, the subgroup of, of diabetic patients, had a 38% decrease in cardiac events. And you don't wow. want a card. That's an event you don't want. A cardiac event is usually a heart yes. attack or a death, or or it could be a vascular disease uh, event in the brain. So, yeah. so so the, so these. If you had a new drug, see the drug that you, we used is EDTA, <clears throat> but if we had a new drug. Uh, it was owned, the patent of which was owned by a drug company that, that did these kind of statistics. That drug would be a billion dollar drug overnight. And your uh, and the EDTA is not a is not a patentable, or it's it's way past any patents yeah, that ever patent. had. It's out, out of yeah. patent thirty years. Right, ago. right. So I asked you last time. I said, well. Um, the government does a study. It shows these remarkably these these remarkable results. Uh, if the government is getting in the healthcare business, you would think the government would want to reduce the cost of, of producing health for its citizens. Therefore, they would be happy about this. Yeah, I, I don't care if the government doesn't do it, as long mm-hmm. as they don't deny it. For, you know, for, for years, doctors have been fighting for their license for doing chelation therapy. Mm-hmm. And and now and and now doctors who actually lost their license at times, uh, or, or or spent uh, their whole fortune fighting the legal the, the legal aspects of it. Yeah. And and now suddenly and now suddenly it's it's kind of like the guy who's who's been in death row for for 10, twenty years for doing a murder that they didn't that he didn't commit, and now and now they do a PCR a preliminary chain reaction and find out he wasn't guilty, and twenty years later they let him out of prison. Yeah. After after most of his life is gone, so uh, yeah. Well, we you know I mean it just seems logical to me though that that because we have Obamacare now and it is becoming a, a fact of life, and some people believe that Obamacare will basically phase out all the private insurance companies and it's going to be a one 
uh, you know, one-payer system, that you would think that um, the government would want to do the best it's can, it can uh, to well, provide service unless the government has other interests. Well, you know, the, the government, I'm not, I'm not a politically savvy person, but it doesn't seem like to me like the government has done such good jobs on things. Yeah. Well, I would I would be with you as a free market advocate. I I tend to believe you're right on that. I, I at the same time, uh, I'm you know there is a place for some government. I don't oh, yeah. deny oh, yeah, that, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and I know you would agree with that as well. But yeah, of course. Well, I'm just saying that the the government actually sponsored the, the study that uh, that freed up chelation therapy. You need to have a couple more studies to confirm it, but uh, but uh, but there have been a lot of a lot of non-governmental and, and non-expensive studies that have been done by individual doctors for over the last 35 years. And so there, there's a ton of evidence supporting chelation, and and uh, and, and and yet we have uh, all these people still still denying it, still denying it. Say, say as long as I know the Earth is flat, chelation doesn't work. So people can get chelation now, uh, but it's very difficult. You wouldn't be able to get insurance coverage for it. So average yet, people, not that yet, but don't. I think the insurance companies might be forced uh, in, into into paying it after this study. Okay, all right. Well, then that's uh, that's that's what I wanted to hear. That if the, they, you know, that would make some. If it works, then you know. Well, yeah, just, it definitely uh, works. It definitely works. I, I've, I chelated, I've chelated probably eight or ten thousand people over the years. And, and it makes sense, and because what you're doing is removing sort of heavy metals out of the bloodstream, right? Yeah. That causes problems. And, 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 the, and the EPA, the Environmental mm-hmm. Protection Agency, has statistical studies that show that people who have high lead levels also have high blood pressure levels. Mm-hmm. So if you have high and, and chelation takes lead out of the system and therefore indirectly lowers blood pressure. Wow. And and. So, uh, and, and there's lots of studies like that with other metals, including mercury and cadmium. Mm-hmm. So, so these are these are pure poisons in, in relatively small amounts in the blood. They cause damage. They're, mm-hmm. they're not in high enough amounts to be lethal on their own. Uh, but they but these these metals uh, have a long half life. Once we get them in the body by breathing uh, fumes that uh, you know from automobiles and fume uh, fumes from the highway, for example. Uh, automobile tires made of rubber uh, use cadmium as a hardening item, as a hardening mm-hmm. substance. So the cadmium mm-hmm. hardens the rubber. But but while you're driving down the freeway, uh, all the the, the the minuscule amounts of, of uh, rubber that's that are that are worn off, worn from the tires release minuscule amounts of cadmium, which gradually accumulate in the lungs and in the body. Mm-hmm. So, and the cadmium is very similar to lead in that it damages your vascular tree and uh, damages your brain. It's very insidious. Yeah. Well, there's lots of these things in modern society, and you talk about uh, environmental uh, issues. Uh, for the for the sake of listeners who may not have his, heard us uh, talk or heard you talk last time, uh, they might have missed your comments then. Uh, you're uh, you're very well known for chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, yeah. Tell our listeners what you know. So there's a whole host of different things that that lead to this chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, yes, yes. Talk yes. to us a little bit about that. Sure. Can, can I put out my uh, my contact information? Uh, my sure. phone number. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm in Southern California, near in, in Los Angeles, at uh, and my phone is three one zero four seven nine eight nine zero nine three one zero four seven nine. Eight nine zero nine, 
and uh, so uh, you know I can uh, occasionally occasionally I do phone consultations. Uh, a lot of people uh, come and uh, you know, come from out of town, and, uh, and of course a lot of people come locally. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but but the chronic fatigue syndrome is uh, based on a book that I co-authored with Michael Rosenbaum about 20 years ago called Solving the Puzzle of Chronic Fatigue Syndrome. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and you would think that 20 years later it should have had an update, and there are a lot of things we could update in there, but the things that are in there are still true. Uh, and, and and chronic fatigue syndrome is is a mysterious disease in some ways, and in some ways it's very simple. Uh, the, the, the mystery is uh, in, in the definition of chronic fatigue syndrome. Chronic fatigue syndrome, as defined by the Center for Disease Control, the, the, uh, another governmental agency in Atlanta, uh, has defined chronic fatigue syndrome as greater than 50% debility for greater than six months with no known cause. And, and you may have other items, uh, other, other factors involved, other parameters like uh, sore throats, swollen glands, uh, fevers, uh, rash, uh, instability, uh, depression. So a lot of things that can happen with the chronic fatigue syndrome. But the basic fact is uh, no known cause. And, and when I, so uh, one of the things I realized when I wrote the book, is I've been treating condition which I named mixed infection syndrome. And uh, that's an important concept because even today, <clears throat> conventional medicine generally says we only get one infection at a time. And, and we really do get more than one infection at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty obvious when, when you start looking at, at the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and so when we have two infections or three infections, they, they synergize with each other and make us even sicker. And so uh, if we have uh, a, an infection in the gut, the gut is probably the most common place where we have the problem. And, and we can have yeast infection. Uh, we can have any number of, of uh, microbi- uh, mi- microbial infections. And that would be when, when uh, the gut has a big population of organisms, at least three trillion organisms of 500 different varieties. So there's 500 kinds of organisms living in our gut, and three trillion of them uh, are, are attacking us. They all want to. They all want to uh, dine on, on on our body, and mm-hmm. and so so any infection can cause the syndrome of fatigue. Any infection can cause fatigue. Can can cause uh, uh, pain. Uh, so myalgia, the fibromyalgia story is, you know, people who have, who have uh, a, a lot of mus- musculoskeletal pain with fibromyalgia, that, uh, that is another element in chronic fatigue syndrome. So now the secret to chronic fatigue syndrome, if you look for a hidden infection and you unearth it and you find it and say it is a yeast infection in the gut and you treat that and a person gets better, then, it, then it's no longer chronic fatigue syndrome. It's chronic fatigue from yeast mm-hmm. infection, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the that's the important distinction. Mm-hmm. And 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 the yeast infection may only be uh, one half or one third or one fourth of the infectious process because you may ha- also have a parasite or two or a mm-hmm. hidden bacteria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and these are things that are that are generally ignored and, or, and overlooked by conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, you know, very, very important, and, and you do a lot with nutrition as well. On your website, you say nutritional therapy goes beyond what most people think of when they hear the word nutrition. Nutrition is almost synonymous with life. No nutrition, no life, poor nutrition, poor life. And then you go on to say that high-tech life requires high-tech nutrition. Talk to us a little bit about what do you mean by high-tech nutrition and what are some of the, the high-tech, I think maybe you've touched on a couple of them recently, yeah. you just talked about the, the rubber tires and so forth, but but what what are you talking about in general? Well, um, well you know, the, the, the ordinary nutrition is not very high-tech. And if, you, if mm-hmm. you go back to the caveman, uh, the caveman would, you know, we would, would uh, be uh, finding roots and grubs and, and small animals or big animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, and that caveman would be eating very natural food, hardly any hardly any cooking, uh, and and certainly no processing. Uh, nowadays we can't live on a cave. Uh, we try to live on a caveman diet. It's not going to support seven billion people on Earth. Mm-hmm. So the only way we can support seven billion people is by high tech, uh, is by high tech farming, high tech agriculture. And, mm-hmm. and and so so in high tech agriculture, we first of all we use very poor fertilizers. We use, just use uh, medi- mediocre fertilizers that will make the food grow, but it won't have the nourishment that a natural fruit would food would have. The food that that's fed on on compost and and, and natural uh, fertilizer. Mm-hmm. But, so so the fertilizer is wrong. Then and then as as the fruit grows, as the food grows, uh, it has to be. It has to be debugged. So, so there's, so there's uh, a fertilizer anti-bug, uh, anti anti-bug substances. Yeah. That are that are that are that are sprayed on the food. So the food is sprayed. It is decontaminated. And 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 when you when you get things like sugar cane, you don't eat sugar cane or sugar beets. You 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 which in which case the uh, the sugar is ten percent of the plant. Uh, what, what you do is you refine it down so that sugar is 99% of what you're eating, and uh, and and the fiber and the nutrients and the minerals they're all uh, discarded or are used in vitamins <laughs> in making mm-hmm. vitamins. Mm-hmm. So, so so with these so the modern world though brings with it all these pesticides and all these different kinds of things that we ingest in our system. You you have come up and we only have a minute or so left so I have to I have to get onto this now. I want to do this because I know that you have a new product that's you have a product that's coming out that you've used with your patients over the years and it's going to be available I think pretty soon for the general public. Is that right? Yeah, Can you talk to us uh, within a Next Hopefully minute or so, week. tell us about. Yeah, so tell us about what is what is about this product that tries to overcome some of these problems well, that modern day man has with uh, current nutritional situations. Well, of course, it gets to the root of the problem, which is the the uh, uh, the immune system. And mm-hmm. so, so what I'm calling this product is Primal Boost. Mm-hmm. It it, uh, it boosts the immune system's ability to fight off enemies, and it contains mostly. Two glandular items. One gland is the adrenal gland, which most people have heard of. The other mm-hmm. gland is the thymus gland, which mm-hmm. uh, most people have not heard of. Mm-hmm. But the two together work in concert to boost the immune system to give you well-being and, an, uh, and a stronger ability to fight infection, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and also in healing. So, mm-hmm. so the primal boost is, is a combination of uh, nutrients that have, I've used for 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 decades. And have had great results with it, and 
and I and I don't know why I never really pushed the thymus part of it before. A lot of a lot of companies make thymus. A lot of people use thymus, but not in the in the combination uh, that I've put together now. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then you're going to have that available, and you'll you'll let us know when it's available. I guess, uh, Doctor yeah, Susser. Yeah, we can, you can call again. My my phone number in in, in Los yeah. Angeles is three one zero four seven nine eight nine zero nine. Eight nine zero nine, and I have a website, murraysussermd.com. Yeah, murraysussermd.com has a lot of a lot of information there too. A lot of the things that we don't seem to have time to talk about in the uh, in the length that I would like to on this show. But I want to thank you again, uh, Dr. Susser, for being with us. You always have a lot of very interesting things to say, and I must say, as you know, as a person who's now retirement age myself, I, I find uh, the whole issue of medical, uh, of good health, uh, of more concern than I might have when I was a 29-year-old. But yeah, it's uh, very, exciting. Of, very exciting. It's a, a lot of good things you're doing there. I want to thank you very much for being with us again, and we'll look to talk to you again sometime in the not-too-distant future. Thanks for all your good work. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Susser. Well, folks, don't go away. We do have to take a commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to be back with Todd Wood. Well, he's a very interesting fellow that um, uh, that is writing. He's written a new book now called Sugar. We talked to him about his uh, past. His first novel was called Currency. Uh, Sugar has to do with energy. We just talked to Dr. Susser about energy for the body. Uh, Todd Wood's going to talk to us about energy for our cars and for our homes and so on and so forth. But he has a lot of other insights into the markets as well, the energy markets and uh, the financial markets. So don't go away. We'll be right back with Todd Wood after the break. 